This is episode 19 of the Walk Magazine podcast. Walk with me. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. Hi, my name is Cindy Lehman, and I'm the host of the Walk Magazine podcast. If you guys are anything like me, I'm sure you're having a little bit of trouble training this winter. I know the weather's been a little bit crazy and it's hard to know what to do, but I have some challenges, some very challenging races coming up in the spring, and and I just can't afford to be missing any training walks this year. Um, I've, I've actually got to start training a lot earlier than what I normally do, and I really cannot be missing any training walks. The weekend of April 1st, I'm doing the Union Hospital Run for Home Community Fitness Festival, and it's a 10K on Saturday and a half marathon on Sunday. So first of all, the half marathon is a little earlier than what I normally do a race that long, but I also have that 10K the day before. But this weekend is actually a training walk for what I'm going to be doing the first weekend of May, which is the Flying Pig Half Marathon. Actually, what I'm doing is called the Three-Way with Cheese because the Flying Pig is in Cincinnati and so is Skyline Chili. We're going to be doing the one-mile race on Friday, a 5K and a 10K race on Saturday, and then the half marathon on Sunday. That's an awful lot of miles, and I'm not sure, I'm really not sure how to train for it. Um, I've written out a training schedule that includes a couple back-to-back long days where I have a, a long day on a Saturday and a long day on a Sunday. And other than that, I'm, I'm really just training for a regular half marathon in April, and I'm hoping that will work. Um, but because the weather is so crazy, like I said, it's a little bit hard to get out. Uh, this winter has really been strange. If, if where you're living is anything like it is in central Ohio, one day the temperatures are in single digits, and then a week later it's in the 40s. For example, today it was about 40 degrees when I went out walking, and it was sunny and was beautiful. But over the weekend it rained, and we had some pretty nasty days. So it's hard to know how to dress, and I really, really struggle with this. I have a hardcore walking friend, Larry Smith, who is outside training year-round, and unless it's icy, he is outside. Okay, he also doesn't like lightning, but I'm not going to be worried about lightning this time of year very often. So anyway, I talked to Larry recently about how to dress for cold weather and how to plan to do your long miles this time of year, and I hope that you enjoy our conversation. Here's Larry. Walk with me. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. Hi, Larry. How are you? Very good, Cindy. Happy to be here with you today. Thank you. Um, the main reason why you and I are talking today is to discuss how to dress when you are training in the, in the bad weather. Over the last weekend, the temperatures dropped tremendously, and, and my walking club canceled because they don't like to be out when the temperatures are below 15. But I know that your walking club did not cancel when it was that cold. We didn't. 
Well, it depends. And what we look at is when it comes to canceling for based on weather is safety first. So we want to make sure that the roads, the pavement um, is dry and clear. So if it's ice, we're out. If it's ice, maybe a little bit of snow, um, but I have to go out first thing that morning and, and check it out. We are, you know, a walking club. We're in an urban area, and what's particularly difficult, and um, it's a double-edged edged sword. Um, you know, we were the German Village Walking Club. We start in German Village. The old charming streets uh, and sidewalks are brick, so brick gets slick very quickly. So we have to be really cognizant of that. So um, safety first. And then secondarily, we'll look at temperature because, you know, as the saying goes, there's not uh, bad weather, there's just lousy clothes. And so you can always dress for the temperature, but, but we want to make it fun and inviting. And I don't really want to make it, um, if people are going to be miserable uh, because it's 14 below and get out there just to be out there, even though it's dry. So really safety first and then temperature, um, we might go into single digits. Um, if it's the wind chills negative, maybe not, but because we're looking at comfort or, or we may, um, we may just uh, cut the miles down. We usually do up to five miles. We may cut it in half and then head for coffee. <laughs> that is really nice that you that your group does have a place where you can meet for coffee, the same place every week. It's it's you know we meet at the park and the coffee shops one block off the park. So that's really nice. Um, one of the things that that we have difficulty with is because we walk at a different trail every week. It's more difficult for us to know if the conditions are safe. So a lot of times we base ours on, on temperature. And like you said, it's, it's to have fun. So some people in our club don't mind walking in single digits, but then there are others that don't wanna walk when it's below 20. And, but we have an inside, we have a couple different inside options for people if they decide they don't wanna walk outside. And I don't think you have that, do you? No, we don't. So, um... You know, whether we cancel or we, you know, let it go and we go out there, we're obviously adults and we can make those decisions on our <laughs> own and, and we can decide, okay, Larry said we're a go, but not for me today. So I think in the wintertime, people, it's important for people to have an alternative. To have, we, we don't have an alternative, an inside track or someplace to go to. We don't have that set up. So people uh, have plenty of alternatives. They've got their favorite yoga class. Um, you know, Pilates, whatever, or um, they'll go inside or do, do the treadmill at home or, or, or at the club, so at the gym. So um, there are plenty of options. And I think people, it's important in the wintertime, particularly because if you're outside and you know, your main, um, you know, mode of walking is outside, you, you have to be a little bit better at planning and having contingency plans. Um, we do that. My wife's a runner. I walk. Uh, we both have plans that we know. We check the weather the night before. Um, we get out early in the morning during the week. We check the weather. We know that this is an indoor workout day tomorrow for us to work in our lower level and do cross training. And we build flexibility in our schedule. So I, I think it's important. Um, we want to be outside and um, there are 
variety of reasons that um, being outside is great and invigorating and you know it's more of a challenge maybe and I think it makes you tougher and clears your head when you're out there breathing fresh air and and, and that's important that's what we try to promote as a group um, you know personally we like to be outside but you've got to make um, provisions for um, you know you know what works for you personally and I know from experience that four miles outside at 10 degrees is still a heck of a lot easier than 10 miles on a treadmill. <laughs> I mean, four miles on a treadmill. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. Yeah, four miles on the okay. street versus four miles on a treadmill. It's horrible to be on a treadmill for me. Unless yeah. there's a good TV show on. And and other than, and really, it has to be something that's, I really need to see the end or I'm just dying. No, I'm with you. I, we, um, we are, um, I don't want to say anti-treadmill, but it's certainly way, way down there um, on the list of, uh, we got to be desperate. My, I'm talking about we, me, me, my wife and I, when we got to be desperate to be using a treadmill. And that's just the way we are. It's, it, it, yeah, I think the mental aspect the, uh, um, of, of being outside and clearing my mind. And, you know, I think, you know, maybe we need to be outside and get away from our screens a little bit more, right? We've, we've got enough with screens we're using, I think, um, on a treadmill. You're either watching TV or, or looking at the screen they have that is TV or whatever. So, um, you know, that's just a personal choice. But yeah, it is, it, it's tough. It, it's tough. It's tough to be on a treadmill. And it, that's why they call it the treadmill. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, one of the you had mentioned wind chill earlier, and this is maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but my biggest concern when I'm walking in the winter is wind. I can take cold, but if there's a wind, I, I can't deal with it. So what do you recommend for when there is some wind? Um, yeah, wind is the biggest factor. I think wind in the winter is like humidity in the summer. Oh, nice. Um, so you've got it, that's a, it's a huge factor. You know, I wilt in humidity and I wouldn't make it in Florida. I just wouldn't. And um, the wind is, is so important uh, factor in, in determining um, whether you're getting out and, and, and how to dress because you really have to um, cover up uh, those extremities, uh, particularly your face, you know, your hands, your feet and, and cover, make sure they're all, they're all covered. Um, with that wind chill, that can be dangerous. And, and you can make it where, um, um, you know, you're covered up and you've got your face covered. Um, you know, you've got the, what do they call that, the full face thing? The, oh, yeah. The balakava. Balakava. Um, <laughs> or use a scarf. Uh, I can never get that word. Um, wind, wind chills um, a big factor. Um, other things in, in the wintertime, I think the dampness. As a factor, last last um, yesterday Sunday, I was out. I did eight miles. It seemed damp, and it just makes it a little bit, you know, not as comfortable. And, and even though we didn't have much wind, so there's all different factors when you're talking about how to how to dress and prepare for going outside. It is the temperature, but it's also um, wind is a big factor. I I think um, the dampness. And you have to consider whether it's sunny out. Um, if it is, um, because it, then 
You might be overdressed because you're going to feel a little bit warmer. And maybe you have, when it's sunny out, maybe, you know, mentally or psychologically, you just feel better being out there and, and it's easier. So those are factors on how I'm going to dress or how many layers I'm going to dress. Also, the level of effort. If I'm going out fast and I know I'm really, you know, getting work up a sweat I know I've got to dress a little bit differently than if I'm going easy and maybe maybe with the club that morning where I'm it's more of a social thing but it, it was interesting that uh, one of the one of the factors also which is kind of subtle that we've that my wife and I have um, noticed is 30 degrees let's say it's 30 degrees but the temperature is going to be rising that day it's going to be in the mid to high 30s as opposed to 30 degrees right now, and it's probably heading into the 20s. So believe it or not, if you, if, if you think about it, when, when the temperature is rising, or it's 30 degrees, 30 whether it's going down or going up, it's 30 degrees, but it seems to make a difference when, when the temperature is gonna be going up that day that you can feel as you're out there and you can feel the temperature. So that's, you don't wanna be overdressed too. So it's, 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 uh, it's tricky. Getting to your, your point about effort, Several years ago, I was helping one of the marathon training clubs train for Cap City, and we were out in February, and it was raining. And I was walking with the 18-minute milers, but I dressed for when I walk with the 13-minute milers. And I had never been so cold <laughs> in my entire life. I had dry clothes in my car. I actually changed my clothes in my car. I had my seat warmer on. I had the heat blasting. I had dry clothes on. I stopped and got coffee, and I don't think I was warm for two days. I mean, even after taking a shower, I wasn't warm for two days. It was the coldest I had ever been in my entire life. We did cut it short that day because I was so cold, I couldn't handle it anymore. But after that, I am now so gun-shy. I'm always the person in our club who's overdressed. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand, That's and, and especially Especially in rain in February. Rain in February. <laughs> I mean, nothing is worse than a cold rain. Yes. I mean, worse than cold is raining. And, and that's just, that's yeah. miserable. That is miserable. So um, a warm rain, no problem. But Rain in August is a whole lot easier <laughs> to handle. <laughs> yeah, it, I know. You're just chilled for a long time after that. So um, what is the first thing that you recommend people plan? I mean, do you have a base layer you think people should be wearing? That's a good question. And, and this is so, yeah, there are general guidelines. And when I think winter weather, I'm just kind of, this is my own thermostat, I guess, is saying, you know, less than 40 degrees. Now we're talking about it, it's getting cold out there. And, and so less than 40 um, now you're talking about layering. You do a little bit of layering in the 40s and 50s, um, certainly. But um, yeah, uh, as far as a base layer goes, my base layer is a Under Armour type wicking uh, compression mock turtleneck. Okay. So I know I've got my neck pretty much covered. So that keeps you know the wind and you know on my base the base layer. So on top of that. Then say the outer layer would be a shell, a windbreaker of sorts, maybe a windbreaker or a coat that has more of a, a lining to it, um, a little bit heavier 
uh, depending on the temperature. And then you might have um, a middle layer that could be another long sleeve shirt that's over the, over the uh, mock turtleneck. Um, a long sleeve shirt or um, a fleece, um, a, a fleece jacket or, or a vest, you know, lightweight, but um, it adds layers and traps the warm air. So probably three layers, um, you know, two to three layers if it's down into the, um, you know, 20s and maybe into the teens. But that is, um, so layering, layering is important, wicking material. But I always go for, I always have um, the um, uh, mock turtleneck as my base, base layer. So does the compression matter to you? You know, I like the, it, I like the compression because it kind of keeps my muscles tight and, um, okay. and, and I think it helps with, you know, I get tightness and, and I also wear leggings um, as a base layer and a compression leggings. Okay. So a good pair of compression leggings because I have hamstring issues and, and um, getting cramping and I think that keeps it all pulled together and keeps it, um, uh, my muscles uh, warmer um, in, in the cold weather. So, um, it doesn't doesn't have to be compression, and then certainly you want to your your extremities. Uh, you've got to keep uh, your head, uh, your face, your hands, your feet uh, warm. When it gets lower than twenty, I might put on an extra pair of socks. Really? Um, yeah. You can get your shoes over two pairs of socks. <laughs> I can. They're pre pretty thin. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, you just loosen the laces a bit. I was going to say, I've never <laughs> tried two pairs of socks, but my toes get so cold, yeah. especially if you're standing around waiting for people. Mm -hmm. And and I'm going to try that. Yeah, some, some people say they have problems with maybe getting blisters or a second pair. I haven't had that. If they're, if they're wicking socks, and yeah. um, um, I, I haven't had a problem. But, but that's helped, so two pairs. And then my hands. I know, so personally for me, that's the one thing. Maybe your feet... But my hands uh, get the coldest and toughest to warm up. I know when it's less than 50 degrees, 50 degrees or less, I've got gloves on. Really? I'm wearing a light pair of gloves, and I just know that about me. And, and, and so I may take them off during, the, during that period, but, um, yeah, I, I have to, you know, people have their hands free, and I'm like, I, I have my gloves on. Now, after I get really, really warmed up, I have to either take my gloves off or I have the convertible gloves that are like mittens and then you yeah. can flip part of it up. I love those. Yeah, those I are great. Those. Yeah, that gives you an option. For me, I maybe put my gloves in, you know, if I have pockets and put them away. It's either, they're either on or off. Do you use hand warmers? I don't, but that's, that is a good point too. I have not used hand warmers, but that is an option to get those and, and to put them in for your feet or your hands. That's a great idea. I remember Pat swear or has hand warmers once it's below 40 she uses hand warmers almost constantly which is part of the reason why she's moving to florida <laughs> <laughs> i can see so um i sometimes will wear wool like i have wool socks but i've never thought to wear two pairs of them and i also have one smart wool shirt that's really really thin that i'll wear as a second layer mm -hmm. and that those combined with a windproof jacket can get me through a lot of things. Yeah, I, I think um, in the summertime, you can get by with, you can get wicking um, shirts, t-shirts and shorts and socks and um, 
you, as long as it's a, a wicking type material, you can get by with something very inexpensive, you know. Mm -hmm. and, but I think it's really important in, in the winter time to have that um, uh, good clothing and uh, maybe you spend a little bit more because um, it's important to, uh, to stay warm and, and, and dry and have that wicking material and, and um, uh, the material that's really going to work for you. So I've never tried, I don't think I have wool. I think I have a pair of little smart wool socks, yeah, but um, I have a couple of them. Both, most of mine are, are just the the regular technical wicking, so they're not they're not thick. So, but I think the double layer helps. When you double, do you double layer your pants? Um, if it's in the single digits, or if it's in the teens or single digits, I'll wear my compression leggings. Um, then I'll wear, um, yeah, some type of uh, uh, pant over it. So, yeah. Um, last year, I actually bought a pair of wind pants, mm. which I'd never had before. Because to me, it's when the wind blows through my clothing that ca causes me to be so cold. Yeah. And I like the fact that the wind is stopped. It's just they're so baggy. It's like wearing old-fashioned sweatpants, mm -hmm. only they go quick, 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 quick. You're no, walking know. really I, fast. I, I, I know that. I know that. Um, I've seen some jackets that do that too, that are yeah. really baggy and the arms are. But I think that it, it's also important to not wear things that are too baggy just from a resistance standpoint. And, you know, there's there are many, uh, you know, clothes that you can, uh, you know, types that you can get that are warm and more form fitting, more. Um, you know, racing like as opposed to being really baggy because then that's just that's just holding you back really if you're and especially if you're racing. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Whether it's a jacket, I've seen people wearing you know big bulky jackets that you know it's it's gonna it's gonna hold them back if they're trying to really you know get. There was place. that one local walking club that had those big. <laughs> Those great big, huge, warm jackets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I recall those. <laughs> they looked very warm. <laughs> I think I, I own one of those. <laughs> so, with your top layer, what kind of a jacket do you wear over everything else? <laughs> you know, my my children asked uh, if I. Knew. They wanted to get me a jacket, uh, you know, for for my birthday, and and I'm like, oh my god, I got so many jackets, I don't need another jacket. So, so it's, so I have three or four jackets, and uh, one I have a really cool jacket. It's a German Village Walking Club uh, jacket, um, and it's it's a running jacket, and it's really light, um, it's wind resistant, um, and on the inside has some really really great fabric that I can wear and it looks really light and it looks like like almost like a windbreaker but it's got this a uh, little bit of fabric and it's not bulky at all and I wear it you know I'll wear um, the base layer the the mock turtleneck and uh, a long sleeve technical shirt and then this jacket um, you know into the um, into the 20s so um, probably you know 25 degrees maybe even a little bit um, uh, colder but I can get away with that then I have 
Uh, I have a couple other similar jackets that are designed a little bit differently. They're different manufacturers, but almost of equal weight. And if I have to go, I'll wear those jackets. And if I have to go into, if it goes below 20 and into the teens or lower, then I will put um, a very lightweight uh, vest on underneath it. And so that keeps my core. But you don't really need a heavy jacket, something that's um, good quality and with a, with a good lining. And you know, a slim and it's not, you know, baggy, bulky and, you know, waving in the wind and stuff. So, um, uh, there, there are many, uh, you know, pretty midweight jackets. And from my experiences shopping for these types of jackets, I would think you would want to start at least in the hundred dollar range. Wouldn't you recommend, unless there's a really good sale going on, wouldn't you think starting somewhere around a hundred dollars for a good jacket that's going to hold up in the winter I agree I, I think yeah it's 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 a hundred to hundred fifty dollars right the, yeah. but I wouldn't go I wouldn't try anything like less than a hundred dollars unless it's really a, a good sale right no I agree and and you know kind of you get what you pay for and these these jackets are designed for mainly for runners right and mm-hmm. um, so they're designed to be um, uh, you know, trim and, and, and wind, you know, uh, not a drag and, and to be warm and to breathe. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like I said, for, for the winter time, it is worth investing in. And I know it's a lot of money. It could be a lot of money your first year, or you could try and add as the years go. I mean, now, you know, I, um, you know, it's easy because I don't really need to add much and it doesn't seem like, um, you know, they stay in, in good shape, uh, you know, the jackets and, and the compression mock turtlenecks and the, you know, the compression leggings and so forth. So um, it's worth the investment. My first jacket didn't breathe. I, yeah. I think I bought it for like 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Did not breathe, had no vents. And when I really got hot, it was like wearing a garbage bag. It was, I was sweating so hard in there that it would actually get very 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 cold because I couldn't let the moisture out at all yeah it's that is a lousy situation that's yes. a lousy <laughs> lousy design um, for I, you I actually wore it when I was did um, last chance for Boston one year and it was seven degrees and I almost didn't go but I thought you know I paid for it I'm going and I PR'd <laughs> And I that's, think part of it was it was so cold that I just wanted to finish. That's funny. Well, Cindy, you've got to explain what last chance for Boston is. You got to mention how that race because I know. <laughs> okay, last chance for Boston used to be the absolute last day you could qualify for the Boston Marathon. It was a race held in Dublin, Ohio. It was a full marathon, and if you qualified for Boston, the Boston Marathon that day that you could file your application to get to, to do the race immediately following the race and they would mail it that day. And so what was the course like? It was a little bit more than a one mile loop. <laughs> so you would do 26.2 miles on a basically a one mile loop. Exactly, I would never do that. That's like being on a treadmill, isn't yes. it? Yes, well that's why I did the 5K. <laughs> <laughs> well the only good thing about that and going around, the, going around that one mile loop 26 times is that 
you've got your water bottle there and your and your goo or whatever right, right. there every mile. So that that was a good thing. That's right because otherwise, who knows how often you would see a water a water station in a in a marathon when it's seven degrees out. Right. <laughs> Boy, that just I recall that the design of that race and being a, a one mile loop. Actually, I signed up for it this year too. <laughs> I hope it goes well. <laughs> so do I, because normally that's the kind of race that you don't sign up for until you, until the night before to find out what the weather's going to be. <laughs> right. I peer pressure. <laughs> you guys do a lot of races. Yeah, we do. We do. I think yeah. um, I don't have any half marathons scheduled after May this year yet, but but yeah, we we do way too many races. Yeah. You must have a lot of free shirts. Yes, free shirts. <laughs> right. I have lots of shirts for layering. <laughs> See? One of the things that I find really important with the jacket, getting back to clothing issues, I think it has to be windproof. And I also I also really like it to be water resistant. Mm -hmm. Do you do you care whether and either of those things are in your jacket? Yes, I, I want it also to be uh, windproof um, and I'm not sure you can always get it windproof and water resistant well and breathe and, and breathe yeah. also so so some of the jackets I have they've sections of the jacket like in the back um, are breathable okay. so so they're not it's not all water resistant and um, not all wind resistant I don't know how they do it but it allows for breathability and you know um, so as long as the wind is blowing in your face, you're fine. But as soon as it's blowing at your back, you're freezing. You know, it, that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, boy, it's usually supposed to be nice to have the wind at your back, but not when it's uh, <laughs> cold. Um, the, my favorite coat, I actually wear it three seasons out of the year because yeah. I just it's it's wind resistant and rain resistant. So I can wear it in snow. I can wear it in rain. I don't get but I have vents in the front that I can zip and unzip, but that's the only breathing I have with it. Yeah, I think it's important to have, I mean, even a, a middle layer that, a jacket you'll have, you'll have uh, zippers, and, and, and I think a middle layer you should have at least, if you don't have a, if you have a vest that you can zip up and, or a quarter zip as, a, as your middle layer, to help you know make your adjustment on temperatures or going along during during your uh, so explain business. why you would have to adjust your temperature as you're going along. Well, I should first mention um, as far as temperature and getting out. You know, you, you get all bundled up and you go outside. Well, one way you can tell that you're you're overdressed right off the bat is if you're warm when you walk out the door. If you if you if you're warm and you walk out the door, you're overdressed. You should be. You should walk out the door and be chilly. So, because you know you're gonna warm up during the course of you know exercising and walking and uh, getting your heart rate up. So, you, again, just, you know, you wanna have a plan. You've gotta have uh, good equipment, which is the clothing, and you wanna be able to, if you've got gloves and you need to take them off, place to put those gloves. You're not gonna throw them to the side and hope you can find them later. So, you've got some pockets or someplace you wanna be able to unzip a jacket or a quarter zip so um, you know if you start getting too hot that you're 
Um, you can allow you know more of the wind in or, or to you know to air air out, and so you can make adjustments. You may even have a windbreaker that you have that if worse comes to worse, you you take it off and wrap it around your waist or something. I guess if it gets so bad. Oh, I used to do that all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in a race that. You know, training you might be okay, but uh, may slow you down in a race. Um, so, so you are going to warm up, and the key is to start out where you're cool or, or a little chilly. Again, if 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 you're all you want to go out there and you're toasty, you're going to be miserable by the time you finish. Um, you know, your walk. So I don't know if that answered your question. Or not. Yeah, it does. Um... I had a question that was in my head. Now I can't think of what it was. Well, what kind of gloves do you wear? <laughs> I'm laughing because I can't find the right pair. <laughs> my hands are always freezing. Um, so I'm trying right now. I'm trying to wear um, um, maybe uh, is it wool? I, I'm not even sure. It's it's a, it's more of a liner. Okay. And then I'm trying to put a mitten over it. I'm having a little trouble tough time um, you know getting it all coordinated but I just know my fingers might be miserable I'm either they get they take really long time to warm up and I, I just have to accept that I've tried you know the I've tried the the mittens that you have that are the, the fingers the, the regular glove with the, the pullover the the mitten on top of it that seems to be okay but I, uh, I, I think struggle. you need hand warmers. <laughs> I may need hand warmers. I think you Maybe do. I should just stay in and go on the treadmill. Maybe that'll be better. <laughs> That's not. I guess happen. it depends on how miserable you are with your right. hands being cold. <laughs> I'm not that miserable. <laughs> um, one thing that I always have a problem with is my neck gets cold, and I cannot stand to have a cold neck. And so you wear a mock turtleneck, mm -hmm. but do you wear anything else? So. Um, yeah, I don't like my neck getting cold. I don't like, you know, having it exposed on the, the back. And and um, so the mock turtleneck helps. I mean, it's not a full turtleneck. I'm not like going out, you know, for the evening or whatever if you have. <laughs> but so it's a mock turtleneck. So you get a good part of your neck. And then having a good collar on your jacket is, um, is important. You can zip up and the collar's up. So all my jackets are that way. And... Um, I know my wife, uh, when she's running, sometimes it's really cold. She'll have some type of scarf that uh, she makes work that uh, wraps around her face and her neck. Um, but yeah, that, that's really important. I, I don't have a problem with it because the mock turtleneck and um, my jackets, I can zip up. So it's, I'm closed in. I do have one fleece, I think it's called a gator. Mm-hmm. And that is often too much. And and if you pull up to your face and you're breathing on it, it gets wet. Yeah. And that drives me nuts. But I also have an, another one that's a really light fabric. It's not really a gator, but I don't know what it is. Some fabric tube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I wear around my neck and then I can wear, I can pull up over my head if I need to or pull up higher on my face with, but that one is so thin, it doesn't really block the wind much. So I don't know what I need, but one of mine's too much, the other one's too little. I've seen that before, and that's very versatile, where you can pull that up and down and over your head and over your face over your or ears nose. Or yeah. 
Um, maybe they make a heavier version of it, but it matches my coat. Okay, well, you know, I'll tell you what, fashion's important. You got to color coordinate before you go out, don't you? I mean, I do. I make I sure my. I thought it was only when you have red shoes. <laughs> maybe. Um, for those of you who don't know Larry, he did have red shoes that he would plan his outfit around when he had to wear the red shoes. I used to call them the Dorothys. Yeah. Because I click my heels three times. Um, yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, Cindy, I'm into, uh, I, I'm now wearing um, black shoes, more black and gray. So okay. I still have the red and black and gray color palette, so I am making it, making it work. As long as we were talking about cold weather, another thing that a lot of people have problem with is hydration in the winter. A lot of people don't even drink water in the winter, and I don't think they realize how much they really sweat. Do you carry water with you in the winter? Absolutely. Um, on my long miles. Okay. On my long miles. So, Which is how much? Any, over seven. seven okay. So usually on, the, on a Sunday, I'm on my own doing seven to ten miles, and I will take my water with me and my goo and my pretzel sticks for um, a little bit of salt and uh, something to eat. Um, so it is important. You are sweating. You're sweat. You're lo you're losing fluid. So um, uh, you need to replace that, and you can't get dehydrated. I was gonna say I th actually think that we're kind of spoiled here in Central Ohio because even though it gets cold, it's not bitterly cold for long periods of time. Yeah. But, but I think it's really important to be out year-round so that you're acclimated, and partly because you have no idea what the weather's going to be like in a race, so you need to be able to handle any type of weather. That's a great point. I mean, you, you exactly right. You need to be out there. Uh, you could be on, I don't know how you can train on a treadmill and come off a treadmill and go into a race. I, I don't think, it, I don't know how people regularly train. Um, you got to get outside. You got to get the feel of the road. You've got to get adjusted to looking a little bit ahead and looking for the condition of the road, the potholes, the curbs, um, whether somebody's throwing an empty packet of goo in front of you that you're going to slip on. It's all of that, but, you know, that's, that's part of it. It makes it more interesting. So before we go, give, um, give a, a little bit of a description of the German Village Walking Club. What do you guys do? So we meet on Saturday mornings. 8 a.m. We do three to five miles. We start in German Village, which is a quaint old uh, neighborhood just south of downtown Columbus. Uh, charming brick streets and uh, sidewalks. We're an urban walking club. We want to get people downtown and in, 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 in the downtown neighborhoods out and walking. So we're trying to promote walking downtown. Uh, around the urban area is a great form of exercise and also to showcase Columbus's cool urban environment and, and all the redevelopment going on. So we start in German Village at, at Schiller Park and we'll do three and five miles and go around downtown. We'll incorporate the parks and along the river and I try to have in there one or two parks at least, maybe three if we can fit them in, of, of the downtown urban parks and, and to, uh, to give people a different perspective it's really nice. I mean, it's there's a lot of variety downtown, and there's a lot of cool things going on. And then we finish up back at back at Schiller Park, and we go a block away and uh, go to Winans uh, Coffee and Chocolate Shop, and solve the world problems for the next hour. Well, Larry, if anyone would like to contact you, um, how can they reach you? 
they can reach me via email at, um, well, my email address is LarryWalksFast, <laughs> all spelled out, LarryWalksFast at gmail.com or German Village Walking Club, all spelled out at gmail.com. Okay. And are you on Twitter or Facebook or anything? Yes. Uh, the German Village Walking Club has a Facebook page, German Village Walking Club. Uh, we have a website, gvwalkingclub.com. So, oh, I have to check that out. You haven't checked it out? No. Oh, my God. So I'm not sure I knew it existed. <laughs> I'm not doing a very good job of promoting it. Um, yeah, so you, if you go onto the website, you'll get a flavor okay. for... Um, um, for what we do and you know really it's it's about uh, you know health and fitness competition and community are three tenants uh, so you'll see a lot of our members doing different things there I put out a weekly newsletter you can go to the Facebook page and uh, you'll see the weekly newsletter or you can you can uh, send me an email and I'll put you on the distribution you do a nice job with the newsletter Thank you. I'm jealous <laughs> <laughs> thank you in fact, sometimes after I see your newsletter, I'm like, okay, I have got to send out a newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> well, the secret behind that is my wife who helps, uh, you know, make me sound good, uh, you know. I think you do okay on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for joining me. Great to be here, Cindy. Thank you. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you. So I've known Larry for a little bit, and he and I have talked about walking on and off for a long time. He, he was a contributor to Walk Magazine, and I always have a good time when I talk to him. And he's done a great job with the German Village Walking Club. It's, it's just amazing everything that he's been able to accomplish. So if you, if you have any other questions about training this time of year, or if you have any other questions about the German Village Walking Club, contact Larry, and I'm sure he'll get back with you. If you want to contact me, you can find me on Facebook at Walk Magazine, on Twitter at Walk underscore Magazine, <laughs> and you can also find me at, or you can email me at Cindy at Walk-Magazine.com, and my website, blog, and podcast are on Walk-Magazine.com. Um, for those of you who don't know yet, the Walk With Me theme song was written by my brother-in-law, Gordon Lehman. It was recorded at Real Time Audio in Denton, Texas, and the recording engineer was Eric Delagarde. It was produced by Eric Delagarde and Gordon Lehman. Vocals by Whitney Wilson, cello by Madeline Hansen, guitar and Fender Rhodes by Gordon Lehman. Thanks, Gordon. I love the song. And don't forget, why run slow when you can walk really fast? Would you walk with me? And if you want